Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to A Minute with Coach Riggs. Former T.R. Miller head football coach Jamie Riggs shares his views on all aspects of football after a 40-year Hall of Fame high school career. Coach Riggs and his guests will discuss the latest on the local high school and college teams, the current issues that are dominating high school, college, and NFL football, as well as reliving some of the classic moments and history of the game with the people that made it happen. This is A Minute with Coach Riggs. I want to welcome you to episode number 11 of A Minute with Coach Riggs. So today, I'm going to approach a subject that I get asked about a lot, particularly since I retired. Every time an issue comes up or something, high school athletics, seems like I get asked questions about this. So I want to talk today about the Alabama High School Athletic Association, the rule-making, rule-enforcing, playoff-running organization that we have uh, to run our athletics in high schools throughout the state of Alabama. Now, I want to make this clear to start with. I'm not here to, to criticize and bash the uh, Alabama High School Athletic Association. I'm not here to praise them. Uh, what, what I'm going to try to do today is make sure that at the end of this, you have a better idea of how the Alabama High School Athletic Association works, how it operates, who makes the rules, and also a better understanding of the problems and difficulties uh, that they have today. Uh, the, the people that run the Alabama High School Athletic Association, from the executive director to all of the, the associate directors, uh, even down to the secretaries and the bookkeepers and everybody that's there, uh, their whole interest is try to do this first class and provide a fair play and safe environment for the students in the state of Alabama to participate in athletics. All right, that's their go. There are some fine people that are associated with this. But there's also a lot of issues and also a lot of problems that they have to deal with. So let me give you a little background of where I'm coming from, and maybe this will make a little more sense to you. Um, for 17 or 18 years, I was on the district board of the Alabama High School Athletic Association. Now, there are eight districts throughout the state. District 1 includes Mobile and Baldwin County. Um, Clark County, Washington County, Scambia County, Conecuh County. And um, so all those schools are in District 1. All right, so there are five members on the board. And I'll talk a little bit more in a few minutes about what um, the district boards do. But for 17 or 18 years, I was on the district board. The way I got put on the district board to start with is Frank Cotton, uh, our old coach at T.R. Miller, was on the district board because he was still working with schools at the time. In order to be on a board, you have to be, be employed um, with, the, with a school system somewhere. And even though he didn't coach anymore, he was employed with the school system as a principal later working in the superintendent's office. So when he got ready to retire from education, he had to come off the board, and he recommended at the time that they appoint me until as such time as um, someone could be elected to that position so they appointed me and then at the next meeting they elected me to be on there so uh, I, I've been on there for a long time. Each district board has one representative on the central board of control the main board at, in Montgomery that runs the Alabama High School Athletic Association. I would say probably the last three or four years that I was on that I coached uh, I got uh, to represent District 1 on the board. Before that there were people on the board who had more seniority, believe it or not, than I did, 
had been on there longer and they were they were on the board um, but finally the last three or four years I coached I got to be on the central board too which helped because it gave me a little better viewpoint of the inner workings of what was going on. I'd been involved in athletics for a long, long time, and I knew a lot of things about how, how things operated uh, and so forth. But being on the central board really helped me understand some things. I was also at the time president of the Alabama Football Coaches Association, and so just about everything that happened in football in those days, I was a part of. All right, All the decisions, all the issues that were going on, and uh, I certainly could pick up the phone and call the executive director of the Alabama High School Athletic Association or any other coach I wanted to talk issues and so forth. I often had a vote on it, but more often than that, I had an opinion on it. You know, in those days, uh, I was pretty well informed with what was happening and what was going on. About 2007, Dan Washburn, who'd been the executive director of the Alabama High School Athletic Association for a number of years, Coach Washburn decided that he was going to retire. And so the, the central board went about the process of hiring a new executive director. The central board uh, is, is responsible for hiring the executive director. The executive director hires everybody else. I had a number of people and coaches who asked me, are you gonna apply for that job? I guess they knew I just had heart surgery the year before and maybe this would be a better situation for me. And I can tell you exactly what I told them. They don't print enough money for me to take that job. There are too many headaches, too many long hours, longer than coaching, more headaches than coaching. That wasn't something I was interested in at all. Today, they have so many issues and things that are going on all the time with the Alabama High School Athletic Association. So let me just give you one of the biggest things that's been going on for a number of years now is the whole thing about recruiting players and players transferring from one school to another. And this is going on, this is a problem throughout the United States. Parents want more choices for their children today. Right? So they want them to be able to participate at a school where they can win and be successful. And if the local school where I'm going to school, right, where I live, is not being very successful, I'd like to go over here and play at this other school over here. But I don't want to have to move, move into their school district or anything. I just want to be able to go. So more and more we're seeing states that are just kind of doing away with a lot of their transfer rules or adjusting them to allow students to go back and forth between schools. Now, if you know anything about athletics, you can understand that this is probably not good. And the state of Florida did this two or three years ago. Uh, well, actually, it's been a little longer than that now. And some of the, the horror stories they've had, because in Florida, basically, you can go to one school, okay, and you can transfer and go to another school at any time that you want to. You could, for example, go to Milton High School, and if you want to go play baseball at Pace because they have a better baseball team, you can go to school at Milton and go play baseball at Pace. That's ludicrous, in my opinion. But... That's where you get into sometimes because parents want choices. And the reason the high school athletic associations end up making rules similar to that sometimes is they are forced into it by legislators. You, would not, you could not believe some of the things that high school athletic associations have to do today to try to provide fair play for students. You wouldn't believe it. Um, 
they constantly have uh, lawyers who are on call for them because you never know when you're going to make a ruling of some kind and someone's going to take you to court immediately. And they'll, t they'll go to a local judge who will give the injunction because he's elected. All right, he's going to side with the people. He's going to declare that to be the craziest thing he's ever heard, that that player is eligible. He's going to put an injunction out, and that kid's going to be able to play, right, until at what point in time they can come to court in Montgomery and have the case. So the Alabama High School Athletic Association spends enormous amount of money on legal fees every year and trying to um, just do their job because they constantly have to be concerned about lawsuits and what's going on with that. The other thing that they have to constantly be involved with is the legislature because it's the legislatures a lot of times in states who get involved in athletics who cause great problems. A state legislature, they can make any kind of law that they want to make. And all it takes is three or four parents who are mad about a rule because they want to move their children or they want their children to play whatever sport at this school, but they don't live in that district. But they, they don't want to move over there. And so they fuss at the legislators about the rules of the state association. And all of a sudden, the, a legislature will come back, a legislator will make a law or, or, or propose a law, and before you know it, it can get passed. And a lot of times, they don't even have to pass a law. They'll just write the law, threaten the High School Athletic Association with it, forcing the High School Athletic Association to make the rule themselves. So, un unbelievable amount of pressure and issues that are going on today with legal stuff and legislatures and stuff like that in High School Athletic Associations everywhere. Okay, so it's, a, it's an issue everywhere. But here's some of the issues that are going on. Transfer students, there's more transfer students than there's ever been before. Um, recruiting of, of students, private schools and public schools. The public schools today are at least as guilty, if not more guilty, than the private schools of recruiting players. Uh, recruiting players through social media, uh, that's a big issue today. Playoffs, uh, fair play in the playoffs, travel in the playoffs, different things that are going on. They're dealing a lot right now with um, 7A football and trying to adjust the playoffs a little bit for 7A football to help them out. Uh, NIL. NIL is a college issue primarily, but it is becoming a high school issue because there are some 20-something states now that allow NIL money for high school players. And if one state does it, you bet sooner or later they're going to all do it because you certainly can't have the best high school players in Alabama leaving to go to, say, Louisiana or leaving to go to South Carolina or somewhere and going to high schools there because they can go in there as a top recruit. They can go in there with their families and make $100,000 or something through an NIL deal that they can get while they're still in high school. So NIL is another issue that's coming up. In the years past, we've had issues with things like transgender students. You know, where are transgender students going to play? Are they going to play as a male or play as a female? And how you go about negotiating that? And you have to have rules about all those kind of things, okay? Uh, as schools change, you have other issues like uh, charter schools. 
Okay, so people who go to a charter school, are they going to be eligible immediately to play or not to play? So unbelievable the amount of issues that are coming up that the Alabama High School Athletic Association has to deal with and have policies for and then enforce those policies uh, is just really a very difficult thing. Officiating. Unbelievable the issues with officiating. We have a shortage of officials. We have a, 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 a director of officials. He tries to help recruit officials and also to train them. And we have all these associations. And, and if you're thinking football right now, that's good. But every sport has to have some kind of officials. And a lot of times it's some of the same people. They'll officiate football, they'll officiate basketball, they'll officiate baseball or softball or whatever they're doing. We have less and less officials, and the reason we have less and less officials is because of the constant uh, battering of officials by coaches, players. Have you ever gone to a game and listened to the people yell at the referees, yell at the officials? Okay, Could you stand that? Could you handle that? So every little thing that you do in the game, been second-guessed by everybody on the sideline and everybody in the stands trust me the amount of money they make is not worth it it's not worth it officiating is a huge deal they have all kind of issues and problems their officials being attacked at times uh it's it's, it's just really unbelievable so the alabama high school Athletic association has a number of problems a number of issues to deal with uh, they have a pretty good staff up there that tries to deal with it. they're pretty organized about what they do but there's no way that they can properly uh, do all of that. Now, to give you a little better idea about how the Alabama High School Athletic Association actually works, most people don't know this, but the Alabama High School Athletic Association is not a public organization. It's a private organization, and it is actually run by the member schools. And I thought it was interesting last year when the governor who was criticizing the Alabama High School Athletic Association over the rule about the basketball team who had to forfeit because they wouldn't play, uh, I believe it was, they wouldn't play on Saturday because their faith didn't allow them to be able to participate in things on Saturday. And the governor was upset and she was fixing to get involved in the thing. She didn't know it wasn't a state organization, you know, that she couldn't do that. So that's the way it, it operates. The executive director is hired by the central board, and then he hires everyone else in his office, and that's the way they handle that. There are media people, technology people. Obviously, there are uh, people um, uh, in the State Coaches Association, and the, the High School Athletic Association uh, is over that as well. Uh, we have directors for different sports. We have lobbyists now. We, we have to have lobbyists for the Alabama High School Athletic Association so that they know what's going on in the legislature and try to influence legislators and let them know, you know, the position of the High School Athletic Association on things that have to do with, um, with sports in the state of Alabama. Uh, their offices are in Montgomery. Um, let, me, let me talk about the makeup of the central board or a little bit. Again, it's a member from each of the eight districts throughout the state. There are also two minority positions, and those positions kind of rotate uh, based on districts. You usually have a minority position in North Alabama and a minority position in South Alabama. There are two female positions that uh, rotate as well. 
and there's a member of the board from the State Department of Education. And the reason they have a person from the State Department of Education on there is so that as things change with education in the state and things change with schools and we have different kind of schools and different kind of rules, uh, we need someone up there from the State Department of Education to help kind of navigate that and kind of be a go-between between the State Department and the High School Athletic Association. So that's a really important uh, position. Central Board meets approximately twice a year. They meet in the fall and they meet in the spring. Occasionally they might meet in the summer or some other time if there's an issue that they must address. And usually about once a year, there's an issue of some kind that the board needs to address and they'll call a special meeting of the uh, High School Athletic Association Central Board. The, the district boards, okay, let me give you an idea what they do. First of all, they hold hearings in case there is an appeal of a decision made by the executive director. So let me just give you a, an example here. Let's say that, and, and I'm going to use right now, uh, I'm going to use Florella and Strawn. Florella is playing someone, and Strawn believes that he, this student should be ineligible for whatever reason. And so usually what happens is Strawn would, they might make a phone call to the Alabama High School Athletic Association, talk to them about the situation. High School Athletic Association would usually tell them, call Florella, tell them what you believe the issue to be, let them check it out. And if they are guilty of it, they can turn themselves in and we'll deal with it like that. If they don't want to do it, they don't think it's an issue and you still do, then the principal at, say, Strawn would write a letter basically turn them in and then the high school athletic association okay would investigate and the executive director all right would make a ruling on it okay so let's say that um, for i believe that students should not be ineligible the executive director makes a ruling saying that the student is ineligible based on the information that he had the school principal at florella at that point in time can decide that they're going to appeal the decision to the district board if they want to. A lot of times they accept the decision, they accept whatever the penalty is, and they go on. Well, if they believe that the rule's been interpreted wrong or whatever, they can appeal to the district board. I suppose, as I said, I spent a lot of years on the district board, and a lot of those years I was president of the district board. And so what usually happens at that point in time is the principal at Florala would call me if, that was, if I was in his district. He would call the, the president of the district board saying I would like an appeal hearing. I would call the Alabama High School Athletic Association. I would ask for the documentation and whatever information that they had. And one of the things that, that was interesting about that is that as a general rule, even though the executive director made the rule, I tried not to talk to him because if I talked to him about the thing, if we end up going to court, we could be accused of collusion that even that I am uh, involved in the appeal of his decision, yet I have talked to him about it. Uh, in that case, I tried not to talk to him uh, about the situation in, in, in the deal. We would set up the hearing. Florala High School would come to the hearing. The members of the board would come to the hearing. Now, a couple of things about the hearing. All right, first of all, the uh, school that turned them in, Strawn High School, does not attend the hearing. They're not around. And I know one time they had a situation this past year where one school had turned in another school 
and they were having a hearing and that school, that tournament wanted to be heard at the hearing, but there's no place for them. That, that's not allowed. And so they were pretty upset about that and said something in the media about that and not being able to do that, but that's, that's pretty common. Uh, second thing about the hearing is that we were told to make sure we ask the school, are they going to be, in, or, and by the way, <clears throat> when they had the hearing, the school principal is usually there. Sometimes the athletic director there was a coach there, but somebody from the school's there, obviously. And a lot of times if it's a situation about a student and eligibility, the student's parents will be there. Because um, anybody can testify at the hearing. So a lot of times parents will come in and testify as to whatever the issue is. Um, so that was part of it. But we were always told to ask is going to be any lawyers present because if any of them are bringing legal counsel, then we're not allowed to hold the hearing without legal counsel from the Alabama High School Athletic Association. Uh, I can remember one time somebody said, yes, they were going to bring a lawyer with them when they can. And I immediately called the hearing off, called the Alabama High School Athletic Association, told them we were going to need a lawyer down here. And so we had to reschedule the hearing until whatever time the lawyer could come in and be here. So just part of the, the, the system that we're involved in that you, you have to do. Some of the, the, the things are, are crazy sometimes, some of the things that we do, because a lot of times it's clear that the rule's been violated, but the, the parents of the student refuse to take the final word of the executive director. They want to appeal it. And so a lot of times they will come in, do their, appeal their case, but it was pretty obvious that uh, we were going to uphold this decision of the executive director. So when you have the hearing um, and every, we're done, everybody leaves the room and the board votes on it. And basically, and, and by the way, what, what you're really doing from a, from a board standpoint, uh, you're, you're really trying to, to say this, right? Did the executive director apply the right rule in dealing with this situation? Okay, maybe yes, he did. Okay, did he interpret the rule properly? There's no perfect rule. You can't make a rule that covers every situation. So did he use the right rule and was it interpreted properly? And if we determine that's the case, and the third thing is, did he apply the right remedy to the situation? In other words, if they played an ineligible player, did he declare that person ineligible and was there a forfeiture of games involved because that's what the rule says. So if he's done all that correctly, then we have to deny the appeal and uphold the appeal, of the, uh, uphold the ruling of the executive director because in our opinion, according to the rules, he did everything right. It's kind of important for everybody to understand from a district board standpoint, we were hearing the appeal. We can't decide that we don't like the rule. We want it changed and to grant the appeal based on the fact that we don't like the rule. The job of the executive director, he didn't make the rules. and He can't change the rules. All he can do is see that they're followed. And that was our, our job right there. And I, there's been situations where there was a rule, it probably needed changing because times had changed. Well, we need to change this rule. But when it came to this case, we have to go with this old rule. Once the new rule comes in effect, that's the rule we're going by. 
So a lot of times there's recommendations from the district boards and even from the executive director sometimes that maybe want to look at changing a certain rule. So that's one of the things that the uh, district boards do. Uh, they also vote on legislative proposals in, in the spring, well actually in February. Schools vote on proposals. Now, any member school can write a rule proposal, a change in the rule, a new rule, whatever. They can write those proposals. And they have to have them in before the 1st of February. And then the High School Athletic Association takes all those proposals. They send them out. When now, these days they do them online. They used to send you a sheet, but they do them online. And schools go online, and they vote on the proposals. So what the vote by the schools is really... Uh, a kind of like a survey because the actual voting on the proposals is done by the district boards. So once all that's taken place, usually sometime in March or the first of April, we would have a meeting and we'd have a central board meeting, deal a lot of issues. Then after that, we would have a meeting of what they call the legislative councils. Okay. And that's all the district boards. And then we would go on that and we would take all the proposals and before us, we had the vote of all the districts on this proposal. So we knew what our district voted, how they voted on this proposal, how all the other districts voted on the proposal, and what the total was. So if it was about 50-50, we went 2-2. Otherwise, it would be like 75% would be 3-1. Um, if 10% voted yes on this proposal, we would probably vote 0-4. No votes for it, four votes against it, all right? You had to have a total vote throughout all the districts. There had to be a two-thirds majority. If there was a two-thirds majority, then the proposal passed and a new law had been put in place. That's the way that the rules are made, okay? That's the way they're changed and the way they're adjusted. The only thing that didn't fall underneath the legislative proposals is playoff stuff. Now, they will send proposals out sometime, propose some change in playoffs. But again, it's just a survey. The Central Board of Alabama High School Athletic Association has responsibility over all playoffs. If to change a rule in a playoffs, it has to be proposed by someone there at the Central Board, which could be the executive director even. And the board vote talks about it, and the board votes on that. Okay, so the Central Board handles all I mean all of the playoff things. All right, so there's a change of some kind. So just to give you an example, you know, when they went from six classes to seven classes a few years ago, we were going to add a class. That was a playoff situation, okay? So the central board made that decision. The schools didn't get to vote on that one. But the rest of all the rules and the changes, you know, the schools vote on it. And I can tell you that a lot of the schools never vote on it. Usually when I was up there, less than 50% of the schools actually would go online and vote on it. Just goes to show you that a lot of people complain about a lot of things, but they're not a part of the active uh, rule-making and rule-changing uh, stuff of the Alabama High School Athletic Association. Okay, so that's the second thing the district board do. And the third thing the district board do, they have an annual meeting, and at the annual meeting, they're going to vote on members who come up for election on the boards. They're going to sit and listen. Somebody from the Alabama High School Athletic Association is going to come talk about rule changes and situations and problems and just kind of give you an update about what's going on with the Alabama High School Athletic Association. So, you know, we would, as, as 
president of the board, we would set up a meeting somewhere. We would all come in, eat a meal, and then have a speaker from the Alabama High School Athletic Association, and then do our voting, and then talk about anything else that we needed to talk about. Okay, for years we had our meetings in Baymanet. We had them at what was Faulkner State in those days, and the reason we did is uh, they would give us a great deal on food down there, and they would cook prime rib. Okay, it doesn't get any better than prime rib now. Hey, around 2008, 2009, you know, we uh, you know, we had a little financial problems there for a few years, and the money got kind of short, and, you know, the next thing you know, we, we had to go somewhere else. But for years and years, we were able to do that. That's really what the district boards do. That's their their duties. The Alabama High School Athletic Association was actually founded in 1921 by a group of schools who want to play athletics to control and promote athletic programs. Well, so to today, there are approximately 415 senior high schools and 287 junior high schools or middle, high, middle schools, uh, both public and private, that are members of the Alabama High School Athletic Association. Okay, They've been member of the National Federation of High Schools since 1924. The National Federation of High Schools is the national body that is made up of all the state associations. Rules that are voted on on the national level, okay, filter down to the state levels. So every year they have a national federation conference. Uh, they have uh, uh, rules meetings and they have football meetings and baseball meetings, sports meetings. When I was on the central board, we'd go to that conference every year, you know. Uh, one year it'd be in Boston, then Denver, New Orleans, Nashville or somewhere. And you would go and kind of enjoy. It was about a three or four day deal. You go in there and kind of enjoy that. But we would go to meetings. And I can tell you that when I went to the meetings of the National Federation on football, and they would start talking about football, they would, they would come up and say, here's kind of something we're trending towards. This is something we would like to see as a rule in the future. And they would get up and, and, and speak about it. And then there'd be some cat from Connecticut to get up and talk for a minute, and some guy from Montana to get up and talk, some guy from Illinois. And and I sincerely mean this. If someone got up, now you always tell where you're from. I remember one time getting up just to comment on what I thought about rule was, and I got up, and when I said I was from Alabama, the room went silent because there are primarily two states in the United States where everybody has respect for their high school football. One is Texas, the other is Alabama. So when you said you were from Alabama, they listen. You'd be talking to some other coaches, like sitting on a bus where we're going somewhere, and you'd start talking to other coaches or something. And they'd say, hey, where are you from? You'd say, well, I'm from, from T.R. My high school in Bruton, Alabama. they go, Alabama, I want to ask you some questions. So that was kind of respect that people have for for not only a high school football in Alabama, but for the Alabama High School Athletic Association, how it was run. The, in 1948, uh, the High School Athletic Association established their office in Montgomery. And, uh, there have only been now five directors, all right? Uh, Cliff uh, Harper, who started in 1948. Uh, Bubba Scott, who took over in 1966. Dan Washburn, Dan was from Lynette. Dan took over in 1991. Steve Savarees, who took over in uh, 2007, of course, Steve had coached at Daphne and at McGill Tulin and also had been at Benjamin Russell up there in Alexander City. 
And then Alvin Briggs. Alvin's originally from Greenville, played uh, football uh, for Auburn and the Dallas Cowboys, and then came back and started coaching in the state. And so he was uh, started working as executive director several years ago, so he'd been the number two man in the state for quite a while. But he took over in 2021. Uh, the Alabama High School Athletic Association merged with the AIAA Association, which was the Alabama Independent Athletic Association in 1968. The AIAA was the Association of Black Schools. So when we had integration take place in the late 60s, early 70s, the two merged, okay? And there was a court order to have them merge and they set rules and worked with the federal courts and getting all that set. And so since that time, the Alabama High School Athletic Association has worked under that federal court order. And the federal court order basically says that the Alabama High School Athletic Association will be the only ruling body for high school athletics in the state of Alabama. We do have a private school association. That's a different deal. Okay? And what happens a lot of times when people take the Alabama High School Athletic Association to court over something, this federal law comes into play because the law says that whatever rules they set are going to be the standard. And so in order to, to come in and change the rules because you don't like them, you'll have to deal with a federal court order. So it's actually has turned out to be a good thing in trying to help legislate and enforce the rules with the Alabama High School Athletic Association. Most people don't know this. The Alabama High School Athletic Association is primarily funded in two ways. They don't get any state funds. They're funded two methods. Number one, they do have some corporate sponsors who sponsor not only the association, but they also sponsor events. There's When Super 7 takes place, the football championships, they have a number of sponsors for that. And so there are people that sponsor different things, different events with them but they have corporate sponsors who, who just sponsor the association. The other way that they finance is primarily on football playoff gate receipts. When you play a football playoff game, no matter where the game's played, take up all the money from the ticket sales, you send it to Montgomery, to the Alabama High School Athletic Association. And at the end of the playoffs, they reimburse the money. And what they do is, for, for that game that they played that night, the home team gets one-third of it, the visiting team gets one-third of it, and the Alabama High School Athletic Association gets one-third of it. All right? And that's the way they operate their programs. That's the way they pay all their people, and that's the way they're financed. When Steve Savarese was in office as executive director, he started a revenue sharing program so that they keep basically above, they, they know what operating expenses are for a year. Anything above operating expenses for a year, they give back to the schools. And so a lot of times what that ends up being is that may end up being two, three, four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000 a year, depending upon what kind of year it was, to each school. That's not a huge amount of money to Hoover High School or someone like that. But to a 1A school, a check for $4,000 is a big deal. And so it's really helped some of the smaller schools help finance their programs a little bit by returning that money to the schools. It's a great program, and Steve did a great job in um, setting all that up. So I'll give you a, a little bit of idea of how 
the whole thing is set up, how they deal with rules, and so forth. And there are two or three other things that are kind of interesting. Um, and by the way, uh, I didn't cover this a few minutes ago. When you have an, an appeal to the district board, if the board opposes the decision of the director, the school has a right to appeal it to the central board. And as the president of the board, I would tell them that when we get, when we got done. If instead of upholding the decision of the executive director, if we decided to grant the appeal, then it automatically goes to the central board. The central board may end up hearing that appeal one way or another. And then, so if, if we had granted an appeal, or let's say that someone, uh, we, we turned the appeal down, we, we went in and uh, decided that the executive director was correct, then they would come appeal the case to the central board. And then when the central board got ready to, to discuss and vote, we had to leave the room because we couldn't vote on an appeal where we had already you know, decided the issue itself. Just a, a little issue about uh, how all those kind of things are, are handled. One other thing about if you decide you're going to sue the Alabama High School Athletic Association, and people do every year, if you decide you're going to sue the Alabama High School Athletic Association and you're not successful, you lose in court, then you are required to pay the legal fees for the High School Athletic Association. Usually that happens in a situation where it's probably a private school. They have money and people that are willing to back. And a lot of times they have lawyers who are school supporters. All right, so they're giving them a deal probably on legal fees as well. Uh, that's what that, that entails. Sometimes you remember a few years ago where uh, St. Paul's moved up because of the competitive balance factor. You know, they were very successful in 5A. They bumped up to 6A and they were really upset about it. And they sued the Alabama High School Athletic Association over it, okay? So eventually, after a year or so, they pulled, they, they pulled out of it. But they had to pay the legal fees of the Alabama High School Athletic Association. Yeah, so it's kind of one of those things, because otherwise, people just sue and sue and sue. And, you know, we'd be at the point that um, the member schools would have to pay money to handle just the legal fees going on. So we didn't want that to be able to happen. So financially, it was, would be a disaster. So that's a little bit about how, uh, how those kind of things are, are taken care of. Now, I have people occasionally going to ask me about certain things that go on in the Alabama High School Athletic Association. And a couple of things that have happened recently in the last year, so big to do about the um, uh, soccer players down at Spanish Ford. And so let me kind of try to explain that and what happened and what the ruling was, because actually this was a little different than anything that, that I had heard before. There was a family that moved from Colorado to the Spanish Ford area. There, they had a daughter, and I may not have all the details right, this problem, right, that a daughter was a soccer player. They may even had two daughters that were soccer players. They come and they start playing soccer there. During the season, sometime in the middle of the second semester, March, April, whenever, their son, who had lived with them in Colorado, but when they moved to Alabama, the son decided to stay in Colorado. They allowed him to stay in Colorado to live with someone else and play what is basically club soccer out there. It's, it's, it wasn't the Colorado Association soccer out there. It was some kind of club soccer. But it didn't matter. He was out there. He was going to play that. 
Well, sometime that spring, something happened, and he made the decision that he was going to leave and come back and live with his parents in Spanish Fort. He entered Spanish Fort School. Spanish Fort called the Alabama High School Athletic Association, kind of gave them a rundown approximately of what had happened. The executive, the, it was not the executive director, it was one of the associate directors. He basically told them the boy would be eligible to play. They played him as eligible. Okay, he starts playing. Well, he's obviously pretty good. Coach from another school saw the kid play, wanted to know where he came from, started investigating what was going on, and came to the decision that he believed the kid was ineligible. They called the Alabama High School Athletic Association, and the association called Spanish Fort, and they started investigating about what's going on. Of course, Spanish Fort said, hey, we've already called you about this. You told us he was eligible. But here's what happens. And any time you hear that, here's what probably happened. They didn't have all the information. Whoever they talked to at the Alabama High School Athletic Association didn't have all the information. And they will tell you, and part of the job of the association is to make sure everybody knows the rules. They will tell you that no ruling they give you on the telephone is official. You can only get an official ruling from a letter from the executive director, okay, a written letter. They're going to put it in writing. Everybody wants to hear that their guy's eligible, so a lot of times they won't give you all the information. They'll give you some of it. Based on the information they had, they thought he was eligible. When they got all the information, they realized he would have been declared to be ineligible. The young man in question had played a number of games, and so apparently it was going to pull them out of the playoffs if he was declared ineligible, and he was declared ineligible. And so now they have to forfeit games, and they were going to lose their ability, and they were going to go for a state championship because they had a good team. Everybody went nuts. Okay, and, and I understand that. Now, here's the rule. Basically, that young man could move back with his parents from Colorado and be immediately eligible under the home rule. The home rule basically says, no matter where you're going to school, you can leave and go live with your parents. If you weren't living with your parents, you can go live with your parents and be eligible at that school at the beginning of a semester. And that was the key, at the beginning of the semester. Had he left Colorado, gone back to Spanish Fork, gone to live with his parents, and done it at Christmas, and entered school the 1st of January, he would have been eligible to play. But because he didn't do that, because he waited until March to enter, he is not eligible. And so if he's playing, then they have to forfeit games. What Spanish Fort really should have done is investigate it, get all the facts, talk to the Alabama High School Athletic Association, got an official ruling, showed the parents the official ruling, we're sorry he can't play. But they wanted to play. He's really good. And everybody understands that. Well, a lot of people in Spanish Fort went crazy. Again, they did what people do these days. Um, you know, they wanted to uh, get a court injunction to allow him to play. And what happens, the reason they do that sometimes, you can get the local judge to give you an injunction. This allows the kid to go ahead and play. And they set a court date. A lot of times, if it's playoff stuff, by the time they get the court date to the court date, the season's over, they've lost in the playoffs or whatever. The season's over and the kid got to play. And if they have the court ruling and they declare him ineligible, they don't seem to care anymore. So you go back and say, well, you, you have to forfeit all these games and play. They don't care because <laughs> they got to play in the playoffs. 
they would care if they got all the way to the finals, won the thing, and they pulled the championship from them. Okay, but otherwise they don't care. So lately, that's one of the things that, that people like to do. The part about that whole deal that was strange was later, as they investigated, they declared that the daughter was ineligible. And the reason she was ineligible was because to make a bona fide move to Spanish Fork, the principal members of the house must all move at the same time. Those got all moved together. I had always interpreted that, and I always heard it interpreted as it was primarily the parents. As long as the parents moved, okay, then the child would be eligible. So the parents moved to Smash Fork School District. The child moves with them. The children are eligible according to the way the rules interpreted by the Alabama High School Athletic Association. Because the brother did not come and he was a principal member of the household, no one could be eligible until the brother got there at the beginning of the semester. And so then they were going to declare, you know, the daughters to be ineligible. So I, I had never interpreted it that way. That didn't really make good sense with me because I don't know what the principal members of the household are. What if grandmother is living with you? And you move from Colorado to Spanish Four, and Grandma, they decide grandmother doesn't want to go to Alabama. Grandmother's going to go live with Uncle Bill over here. And so she was a principal. Was she a principal member of the household? And if she was, okay, well, she didn't go. You couldn't be eligible because grandmother didn't come. What if um, uh, you had a, a brother that graduated high school? He's living at home. He's going to school or college here. And you move and all the members of the family go except the brother. He's going to stay here and go to college and, say, live in the house or something. These other folks can't be eligible. So I think there are a lot of issues with that. And I think they're looking at changing some of those laws and some of those rules and make them a little more friendly for the High School Athletic Association to be able to make some rulings on that. So there's just, there's just tons of, of issues and problems with stuff like that. But a lot of times it's about getting all the information and making those rules. Uh, they get a bad rap for that, but it's their job, and it's it's part of what they that's what they have to do. So that's a little bit about the Alabama High School Athletic Association, what goes on, and how they operate, and what happens, and it's uh, it's a very very uh, difficult job. As you hear about different things and issues that go on, sometimes um, think about things before you get out there and comment about what's going on. How sorry the High School Athletic Association is for for making these kids ineligible. Finally, I'd like to tell you this, and, and this is pretty much true today more than ever. There are a bunch of people out there who want to compete and win, and they don't mind cheating to do it. And people are looking for ways to cheat without getting caught. They're looking for ways to get better players and get them in their schools. And we have a whole generation of coaches who are beginning to think the way to win is to get players, not to develop the kids in your school, but to get players. It's a tremendous problem, and the High School Athletic Association is doing their best to monitor it, but right now it's kind of a losing battle for them, but they're coming up with some ideas and some things to happen. And by the way, all the problems of the Alabama High School Athletic Association are problems in Georgia. There are problems of the uh, Tennessee Association. Uh, there are problems in the uh, Montana Association, in California. A lot of those problems are the same throughout the country. Now, some of them are different. There are different issues like like heat and humidity and, 
and, and health and safety and stuff like that. That's a big deal for football teams in Alabama. Football teams in Maine, it's not an issue. It's not an issue. It's not hot up there when they start practice. So there are some uh, problems and issues that every state has. There are some that are more localized, depending upon what, what the situation is. So anyway, thank you for listening to uh, episode 11 here, the Alabama High School Athletic Association. If you got questions about it that I can answer for you, I'll do my best to try to uh, uh, give you some information about how the uh, association works. Thanks again. Till next time, this has been a minute with Coach Riggs. Thanks.